On today's show, learn why cryptocurrency is valuable. And then do you know about the hidden revenue stream in well gas? And sometimes LTE is just right. gas has always challenged technology. Now it's time for tech to challenge back. Come hear how the best minds in the industry are making those solutions a reality on the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast with your host, Mark LaCour. Hey folks, before we get to the show, I got to ask you a favor. This show is new. Please, 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 can you just leave me a review? It's the number one way to help support the show and also helps me learn, right? So if you enjoy the show, give me a five-star review. If you don't enjoy it, give me a one-star and tell me what we need to change to make it better because all of this is for you, our audience. Now, today, before we introduce our guests, I just want to be, give a big shout out to Flatour.com, you know, actions, not insights. These guys are doing some incredible AI work in oil and gas. They're quick, they're nimble, they're moving the needle. They have real world solutions working with real oil and gas companies. I've seen it, touched it, lived it. It's awesome. So if you want to check them out, go ahead and do it. The link's in the show notes. And we have Sergey on today. Sergey, we have tried to do this so many times, I've lost count. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did, Mark. <laughs> and the audience doesn't know about all the failed attempts. All they'll hear is this one perfect episode, but it's just, it's, I have to laugh. We've had technical issues. We've had timing issues. Uh, we've had everything happen, but this time we're going to pull it off. So, Sergey, you have a little company called Easy Blockchain. And when people hear blockchain, a lot of people think cryptocurrency. What is cryptocurrency? So, cryptocurrency is very simple. It's a digital form of currency which uses cryptography for security. The most known cryptocurrency and most famous one is Bitcoin. And it uh, was founded like 10 years ago by... Uh, person called or group, a person called Satoshi Nakamoto. And no one knows who that person was, but since then, the cryptocurrency started to be a mainstream, especially a few years ago. Yeah. And so what are the advantages of cryptocurrency? Why is it becoming more and more popular? Well, one of the most, most and biggest advantages that we can see today is actually the decentralization, that no country, no government controls this. And even uh, that is not a big problem in the United States, but in other countries around the world, the governments are controlling, you know, the money of the people and people don't really like it. So that was kind of a, a revolutionized currency that other people can use. It's also a great way to do cross-border transactions with the countries that don't have a really good developed banking system. Another big deal with that is that it's actually secure, even though it's not regulated by the governments. Yeah. And so why is it secure? Because it uses cryptography and it is decentralized using many different machines all around the world. And those machines are actually providing security for each of the transactions via the blockchain. And blockchain is a distributed public ledger. So no one has control over it. So it's, it's many people contribute to one thing basically all that's how it sounds yeah the cool thing about blockchain if i understand it right the first time it was explained to me that where it made sense is somebody said imagine an excel spreadsheet where every single transaction is in a cell 
and you can't delete any of it and everybody can see it. And it took me a little while to get my head around. It's like, oh my God, the transparency that is built into something like this. And it's interesting because I know for a fact, several large operators around the world, especially doing business in, in Africa, where they, they convert the local currency, which by law, they have to pay their people into cryptocurrency as quickly as possible. And then eventually right. they convert that cryptocurrency back to US dollars. But it's, but it's here to stay. Now, people get confused between blockchain and cryptocurrency, and they're two radically different things, but cryptocurrency uses that blockchain to have that transparency and what did you call it? Immutable ledger? It's distributed ledger. Yeah. So that's really cool. So that's what cryptocurrency is. Now, I kind of want to guide the conversation because eventually we'll get to what you do, which is fascinating, which is the whole reason on your show. But if you have cryptocurrency, I understand how people use it to exchange money, and especially across borders. I understand that the governments can't control it, so they can't control the value of it. But why is it valuable? What does it take with cryptocurrency to actually make a profit? Well, that's a great question, Mark. Let's When we talk about cryptocurrency, let's focus on talking about Bitcoin because that's the most valuable cryptocurrency okay. on the market today. Because there are so many others on right now that have been created in a couple of years but they are most of them, some of them are scams. And so, but Bitcoin has been trusted for, for a long time. So Bitcoin itself uses a lot of different types of hardware to actually do the transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain. And that is why, why Bitcoin is so valuable because it requires a lot of energy to actually do that work. So they compare Bitcoin mining to gold mining, and usually it's because gold mining requires a lot of investment into equipment, into labor to actually get that one ounce of gold. And that one ounce of gold has its uh, costs. The same with Bitcoin. One Bitcoin has its costs, and those costs actually include the cost of energy. The energy was spent for it, which is electricity, as well as labor costs and operational costs. That's really cool. So if you think about it, it's valuable for the same reason that the American dollar is, but it's in a kind of a virtualized environment. But in that virtualized environment, you're still spending time and energy to actually get the Bitcoin. Right, right. The funny thing is today that a lot of big investors, I'm not going to call their names, say that Bitcoin is a fraud. It's not backed by anything. But actually, that's not true because Bitcoin, I mean, it, it's not coming from the skies. People invest a lot of money to actually get one Bitcoin. They invest into hardware. They invest into infrastructure. They invest into energy energy infrastructure. And that takes a lot of money to actually build the system that will generate you Bitcoins, the same which would take a lot of money to actually build the system which generate you gold. So I don't think that they are right. There is a lot of uh, CapEx to be invested actually to get one Bitcoin or one a part of Bitcoin. Yeah, I think the people that say that it's worthless or it's not going to go anywhere are scared because this is a fundamental game <laughs> right. changer. That word disruptor has been overused, so I'm going to stay away from it. But this is literally skipping Wall Street, skipping the banks, skipping the government that control the value of currency. And it's, it's, it's almost like open source currency, but it's open source in a way that nobody can rip each other off. Or I shouldn't say it that way, but it's the backbone it's built where everything is transparent. I think it's actually going places. I think we're still in the infancy of it. But when I see large oil and gas companies use it to basically move from the local currency they're forced to use in whatever region they're operating and eventually convert it back to American dollars, I know it's here to stay. The other thing I think is interesting is I've seen some adoption of it in places where crime is really high because it's hard to steal a Bitcoin, unlike a dollar bill. Well, 
it's one thing it's hard to steal a Bitcoin. Another thing, the Bitcoin ledger is actually transparent that we talked before. It's public ledger. So when someone steals a Bitcoin, you can actually track where this Bitcoin went and you can actually track who spent it and where. So it's actually very transparent money and people don't understand that. If you get a $100 bill and you spend it somewhere, you cannot track that. But if you get the $100 worth of Bitcoin, you can track every expenditure possible on that ledger. That is so cool. So literally, even if it's stolen, that stolen transaction is recorded and you can see it. Correct, correct. You know, the U.S. government loves Bitcoin because they actually can track, you know, every criminal over there who who does some illegal activity. That's great for them. I didn't even think about that. You're right. So if somebody's using this to run drug money or something, you're going to be able to tell they're using it to run drug money. That's for sure. That's exactly how what it is. That is so cool. And, you know, in this industry... With all the joint ventures and all the local content laws, you know, the audience may not know this, but a lot of countries around the world, when an oil and gas company comes in to operate, they're by law forced to use local currency. They're forced to use local materials, local labor. And that's that's those governments trying to make things better for their people. But when you layer corruption over that, which happens, unfortunately, a lot, then it becomes a corrupt process. Whereas if you're using something like cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin, even if there's corruption or that that corruption is logged and you know what happened to it. I mean, this is this is a game changer, I think. Okay, so, so now we understand what cryptocurrency is. We understand what it takes to make a profit. You have to invest energy and work into it. Now I kind of want to talk about what you're doing. So what does Easy Blockchain do? So Easy Blockchain is supporting proof-of-work blockchains, especially Bitcoin, by using wasted energy. So we build Easy Smart Grid flare mitigation systems that use wasted energy, mostly in the oil and gas fields, and convert that into electricity. And that electricity is being used for mining Bitcoin. All right. I want to back you up because we probably lost some of our answer. Maybe not. But this is really cool. So when you say wasted energy, you're literally talking about the gas, the well gas that is either flared or unfortunately, it's not always put back into the system. But you're able to take that, which is basically being thrown away and use it to generate electricity and generating sets. And then that electricity has a lower cost than if you would have plugged into the grid. So then you can mine Bitcoin with it and it increases your margin or allows you to be profitable where areas in other areas where electricity is where you wouldn't be profitable. Is that pretty much cover it? Yeah, you covered everything correct, but we don't put the electricity back to the grid. Because when it comes to the grid, we deal with the grid, we deal with the utility companies. In our case, we actually use that electricity right on site, in the literally in the oil field. So we bring our mobile data center, which we, which we have developed, and we install it there. It's basically in a 40-foot container, and it uses a lot of wasted gas, wasted energy over there right on site. So you don't have to build extra infrastructure of putting this into the grid or in the pipeline or something. It just happens right over there. So it's, it's totally self-contained. You connect it to the gas supply. You don't need public utilities. You generate your own electricity. And that's what your computing power is being run off of. Yeah, that's correct. That's why we call it a smart grid mitigation system. <laughs> Man, what a great idea. Now, 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 audience, I want you to think about this. The way it's working now is somebody owns some mineral rights somewhere in West Texas. A company leases or buys those mineral rights. They make a profit. Then they go and drill for hydrocarbons. And hopefully, if they know what they're doing, they they find the hydrocarbons, they can recover them. So they, there's another layer of profitability there. In that process, a lot of people don't know this, but when you drill an oil well, you get a lot of water, <laughs> you get oil, some oil, and you get gas. And that ratio changes all the time. And the problem with the gas 
is that it's usually not clean. It usually varies in power, so BTUs, and it tends to have things in it that are not good for internal combustion engines like hydrogen sulfide. And so you have to clean it up and filter it up to put it back into the pipeline system to sell it. And a lot of times it just doesn't make financial sense. It, may, it costs you more money to get it back into the pipeline system than it would be for you just to burn it off. And basically they vent it and they set it on fire. And so what Sergey's company is doing is taking that literally – energy is being wasted because it doesn't make financial sense. And now you're using it to actually make financial sense. So the first thing I think of is, oh my God, is this another revenue stream for landowners? Is this another way to make money besides selling their hydrocarbons or while they're selling hydrocarbons? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a, another way to, to make money for many parties who are involved in this business. So all producers will make some money. The mineral owners will make some money. Even the government will make some taxes on that. So that's, oh, that's, that's true. win-win for everyone. And we save the environment because we don't, you know, throw that CO2 into the air. No, this is this is awesome. So, I mean, this is this is really cool stuff. And so, part of what Easy Blockchain does is help companies get this set up because you actually build the hardware. Now, do they buy the hardware from you, or do they rent it from you and you maintain it? How does that work? So, there are different models possible to do this. We are the early stages of this, so basically, we're open to different work. As of now, the model was the following. We just come to the oil producer and we say, we're going to take your gas. That's it. You don't have to pay us for anything. You don't need to invest in anything. We'll just take it and you apply with all regulations that you have in your state so you don't burn this gas and we just take it. However, in the future, we plan to sell this as the full solution to big oil and gas companies who can actually mitigate their flaring because they spend billions of dollars only for the research of that problem. And we can actually help them solve that problem already without spending that amount of money. Well, the cool thing about that is a lot of states and, and, and the federal government is really trying to get rid of flaring gas. And so it's, it's going to happen out there. So if you're an operator in the U.S., at some point in the future, you, you will not be allowed to flare gas. And this is, I mean, not only is this an ideal solution, but the way that you have it set up financially, you're basically going to an operator and saying, look, this gas that you know you have to spend money to take care of because you're not going to be allowed to flare anymore, just give it to us and we'll take care of it. We'll protect the environment. We'll generate revenue. We won't have that gas flared into the atmosphere. I mean, this is just, literally just like the perfect solution. Now, now, Sergey, let me ask you this. How portable is this? If, you know, typically in the frack fields, once those wells are drilled and completed, they have a shorter life cycle than, let's say, offshore. So, so maybe that well gas is only available for you commercially for five years or so. Is it a big deal to move these units around? That's a very great question, Mark. Everyone asks this question, and we have the answer for that. Actually, all so the easy smart grid flare mitigation system consists of two things. Uh, number one, that's the gas engine, which converts the gas into electricity. And it is actually in a 40-foot container packaged and installed on the trailer. So we bring that into the oil field, and then we bring another 40-foot container mobile data center, which is also on the trailer, and it is also a 40-foot container size. So the footprint is actually minimal. And that system can eliminate up to 1 million MCF a day. So that's, wow. that's pretty, pretty, pretty wild. 
Yeah. And so, Sergey, are y'all are y'all literally building these yourself? Like if I make a trip to Chicago, is there a parking lot somewhere and there's a bunch of cans <laughs> going off there welding and installing wiring and everything? The only part that we build from this system is a mobile data center. We don't have that in Chicago, but our location, R&D location is in Indiana, which is one hour and 30 minutes drive from Chicago. So you literally can fly out here and see those mobile data centers. The gensets which we use are actually from a big genset manufacturer company, which which is called uh, Genbacher. We partner with Genbacher for them to be our OEM, OEM supplier of uh, the gensets for our specific, specific application of this uh, mitigation system. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Your core competency is not building generator sets that run on well gas. So you found a partner that's good at that. And then y'all build the, the mobile processing parts, which is what your core competency is. We cannot reinvent the engine, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> this is really cool. So, so Sergey, you don't sound like you're from Chicago or West Texas. <laughs> I don't. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I was born in Ukraine. So right now I live in Chicago. I moved to the country around 10 years ago. It's been a wild journey. I've been in different types of businesses. I was an interpreter by trade. At the beginning, that's what brought me to the United States. And then, you know, I followed the American dream as everyone did. So I started a couple of businesses. I failed in a couple. I hope I will not fail in this one because this is for public good. Yeah, no, that's an awesome story. I love the fact that you came from another country and you worked your butt off and you've built this business. And I like the fact that you admitted that you failed. You know, a lot of people don't realize that the, the quicker you fail, the quicker you get to where you need to be. We failed a whole bunch of times. You know, thanks for being honest and transparent about that. So that's an interesting story. So an interpreter and to an entrepreneur to somebody that has a company now that helps oil and gas companies mitigate environmental risk and use something they threw away to make money. I mean, what a, what a great story. So, so this is really cool stuff. We want to get you back on later. We want to kind of go deeper in this, but before we go any deeper in this, one of the things I wanted to mention is on one of our other shows, oil and gas this week, episode number 174, I believe we talked about this exact same thing from a different angle as a Bloomberg uh, news article. But so the demand is starting to happen. People are starting to realize that this type of thing is a great solution. Now you just, I'm guessing you just need to scale it up. You just need more clients to come in because the more clients you have, the more you learn and the better as a company you get at delivering the solution. Yes, that's completely right, Mark. The thing is that we have been working on this for the last two years and we were working only on the solution actually to make it scalable because after our conversations with the oil and gas producers, all of what they want is scale because they have so much of that gas and even more. Yep. And they want it to be scalable and they want us to take it all. So by to take it all, we need to, you know, a great gas engine partner, which we're already secured. We need to have everything running in the middle of nowhere remotely. We actually have accomplished that too. Our mobile data centers can run anywhere in the world as long as there is energy and they don't require a lot of people to be on site and they don't need anyone to be there, you know, 24 seven or something. There is just a maintenance period, which will be once in a month or once in three months. That's a good point. So I, I didn't even think about that. So you don't need people running this. It runs itself, but I'm guessing that y'all have the technology where y'all are monitoring everything that's going on. Yes. Yeah, so we monitor that's again, that's our easy smart box. That's our mobile data center. It gives us an opportunity to actually monitor everything remotely, turn on, turn off the hardware, see what's happening with the temperature, see what's happening with the energy, the, all the voltage, amperage, all the data that we need to make all those machines run as efficient as possible. Yeah. And so then the final piece is 
now that I understand what is going on, this also means that that data center that you put out on the well site, it, it must need connectivity, right, to the internet? Right. Well, that's a good question as well. The thing is that cryptocurrency mining does not require a lot of bandwidth. And basically, any type of internet, which is even on your phone, like LTE or 4G, would be enough to run the mobile data center with like one megawatt of power. Okay. All right. So you don't need a whole ton of bandwidth. You just need some type of connectivity. And whether that's cellular connectivity or microwave shot or, you know, somebody giving you cable modem. I mean, as long as you have connectivity, you're fine. Yeah, that's exactly right. When you go to data center, the first thing they do, they actually start showing off how many different bandwidth providers they have. That's not in our case. We just need to you know, any type of uh, connection over there and we'll be fine. And I think that the possibility that we find that in the oil field is pretty much high. Oh, it's especially here in the U.S., it's growing. I know actually a company that bought all the licenses out literally in the Permian, so the Texas, New Mexico, and they're not even, Sergey, they're not even providing voice. All they do is provide data because they know stuff like this has happened with the sensorization of the oil fields that's going on. You know, companies need to be able to connect and talk to their equipment out in the field. And up until recently, a lot of places had zero coverage unless you put in your own network, your own meshed microwave network. Now there's other companies that see the business advantage of providing data connectivity and they're building that infrastructure as fast as they can. Well, Sergey, this is really good. We're getting close to kind of winding down the show. If people wanted to find out more about Easy Blockchain, where should they go? They should go straight to our website, easyblockchain.net. You can also follow us on Twitter, easy underscore blockchain. You can join, find us on LinkedIn and all other social media under the easy blockchain name. Yeah. And folks don't need to be writing stuff down. We'll put links in the show notes and just click on all of this. And Sergey, if people want to reach out to you personally, I'm guessing LinkedIn. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn or you can send an email. No, no, no. Don't give your email address. No, (laughs) no, no, no. We got some, we got a great form. (laughs) Oh, through the form. Okay, yes, at the website, you send the form. Yeah, we love our audience, but every now and then some strangers creep in. We don't like to give people's personal email or cell phone on the show. All right, well, sit tight. We got some stuff we need to kind of roll through real quick, one of which is product reviews. If you have a tech product and you want me to review it, let me know. I'm not looking for mud pumps. <laughs> I'm not looking for gen sets. I'm not looking for pipeline pigs. I'm looking for gadgety stuff, stuff that you could hold in your hand. And we give a really quick product review. In the show notes will be an Amazon link. We make a few cents off that at no cost to you, and that, that money helps support the show. So today we're talking about the newer two-pack dimble bicolor 480 LED video light set. <laughs> I know it's a mouthful. It's actually LED lights to shoot videos with. We use these lights ourselves. I have four of them sitting right behind me. The thing I love about them is you can control what's called the color temperature. So literally you control how much yellow and white is in the light. So you get a good natural video. They're very portable. You can run them off standard power. You can also run them off battery power. You can carry them anywhere and they do a really great job. If you watch any of the videos that I ever put out on Lincoln, these are the lights that we're using to shoot those videos. So they're dirt cheap, $159 for a pair, very portable. Go check them out. We love these things. And then street team, you heard me talk about this before at the very end of the show, you'll hear Julie going through a bunch of stuff. And one of which is how to join our street team where we're looking for volunteers get to be part of our extended family and then back to flatour the awesome supporter of the show thank you they're doing something really cool for our audience if you want to win this really awesome artificial intelligence port authority cyber 
backpack. Now, I don't even know what all that means, but it's it's really, really cool. It's real simple. Go to the show notes, click on the link. We give away one lucky winner a week. If you want to try to just type it in yourself, it's get.flatour.com forward slash podcast OGGN, but it's easier just to go to the links. This, this backpack is really, really, really cool. And then while you're out on the web, go ahead and find go to allgastechpodcast.com, our website. Give us your email address. We promise never to spam you. We only use that to let you know of cool stuff we're doing in the future. And then like we said with Sergey and his LinkedIn profile, if you want to join our LinkedIn group, which is OGGN on LinkedIn, go join it. It's the sister companion to this show and all of our other shows. Sergey, we're up to eight oil and gas podcasts. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's that was awesome. Because when you and I first started talking, and I'm not making a joke here, but when Sergey and I first started talking, I think we had three. That's how long it's taken us to get this <laughs> recording done. We're up to eight. It's really sad. But Sergey, dude, thank you so much, Criminal So. This has been fascinating. Audience, if you want to learn more about this, reach out to him. They don't really have a sales team. They have very smart people. They're not going to try to make you buy something you don't want. They just share their information and their knowledge with you, and they're just great people. So reach out to them. Go check it out. They're making a difference. All right. So, Sergey, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Mark, for having me. Thank you. This is awesome. So, folks, we're making sure that you don't get left behind one episode at a time. And here's Julie with Events on Deck. Hey, it's Julie here. And I have a few OGGN announcements before we're heading into the Events on Deck. Street team, we are still taking volunteers for our street team. We're only asking for an hour of your time per week in exchange for perks such as free entry to our happy hours, shirts, networking with other young professionals in our group. The group is within Facebook, but you do not have to have a Facebook to join. Just send me an email. The link will be in the show notes and I can get you started. Our happy hours. We are actually moving to quarterly happy hours rather than monthly. So our next Houston happy hour as well as Midland will be in August or September. Be on the lookout for that date. You'll get an invite if you're on the list. If not, you can sign up on the list below. And then we are launching another happy hour in Denver in August. So if you're interested in that one, the link is in the show notes as well to be notified. We don't have a date or details for that yet, but they're coming up. Okay, now on to the events on deck. We have Golf for Good on June 11th, 2019 in Houston, Texas. All proceeds go to help Redeemed Ministries with our long term recovery program and safe house to help victims of human trafficking become survivors. So mark your calendars and be ready to golf for good with Redeemed and our organizers, Global SEM Energy and Red M. For more information on how to sponsor or register, just click the link in the show notes. Data-Driven Drilling and Production Conference is June 11th through 12th in Houston, Texas. This is where Silicon Valley meets oil and gas. Register at the link in our show notes below. The Energy and Data Conference is June 17th through 19th in Austin, Texas. This forward-looking conference will include the latest in digital transformation trends as they relate to the energy sectors with topics such as machine learning and data management storage, oil and gas development and drilling production, and more. Link down below. Energy Exposition is June 26th through 27th in Gillette, Wyoming. The Energy Exposition is for those who would like to know more about procedures, technology, safety, environmental practices, and equipment used in the oil and gas industry. And again, the link is in our show notes. Argentina Oil and Gas 
an energy summit 2019 is on July 10th and 11th in Buenos Aires. This summit's actually the first and only official event for the Argentinian oil and gas and energy industries. It will present a unique platform for networking that will bring together existing and future operators in the oil and gas industry in Argentina and Latin America. Next up is the 2019 IPANM annual meeting that Mark, Jake, and Paige will actually be speaking at. This will be July 24th through 26th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this year's theme is addressing operator needs in 2019. And next up is Desk and Derek Fort Worth second annual shoot for the future clay shoot. This clay shoot will be on July 26th in Decatur, Texas. And then last but not least, Summer Nape. This is going to be August 21st and 22nd to where the deals happen. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.